Hey everybody, welcome back to Sacred City Vision Drip. I am continuing on this discussion about education. And uh, this is part two of the, the conversation here. So if you have not listened to the the preceding episode, I, I'd encourage you to go back and do that. And, and just to recap a little bit, because I think it's important to keep all these pieces in mind as we make our way through this discussion, uh, is, is to be able to do a, an objective assessment. So to, to look at what the Lord commands us to do as Christians or what he tells us about education and, and examining the options based on that. And in my last episode, I was, I think I, I'm, I'm being straightforward with you. I don't want to beat around the bush. I don't want to, you know, g- give you some sort of uh, false impression that everything's honky dory uh, with every option because that's simply not the case. In fact, um, I-, I do think that you can can classify educational options in sort of uh, acceptable, uh, good, and better, best scenarios. Okay, and. And I know that there's some of the, there's some subjectivity in that. Um, I think some of that has to do with uh, kind of how how one individual views the goal of education. I think how you what you think education is for uh, will help kind of de- de- develop some sort of a hierarchy of good, better, best uh, scenarios. And so, just simply going back to Proverbs one and talking about the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, and how if you're going to have an educational pursuit that is devoid of the fear of the Lord, that is devoid of the teaching of God's word, that you're not actually going to become knowledgeable. You're not actually going to become wise. And so just even using that as, as maybe like the first pass of, of triage of, of looking at a uh, public school education and saying that this, this isn't suitable and at, and it's in its state as it is currently, as it stands, this is not conducive for giving our kids a thoroughly biblical education, which I believe I'm going to Deuteronomy six, going to Ephesians chapter six. I think uh, it's not just that I think that I think the the Bible commands Christian parents to give their children Christian educations. And and that's something that I want to stress. The Bible commands us. This is not a a um, a niche that that uh, this church is leaning into and we want to tap into that and this is going to set us apart. It's like, no, we, we take the Bible seriously. We think that God's Word is not only uh, instructive and in, in matters of salvation, but for all of life, especially when it comes to rearing children and education educating children and, 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 and ensuring that the next generation um, takes what we know, what we've learned, and, and preserves the good things and advances uh, institutions and society and culture uh, in a direction that brings God more glory. Um, and so, I, I, again, going back to that, that the triage, okay, um, does, does public school education begin with the fear of the Lord? No. Um, so then we either need to, and this is where I want to kind of explore some of the options that are out there, um, and sort of having this straightforward conversation. Um, so, and I, I've sort of taught, t- touched on this in the last, at the very end of the last episode, but episode was getting long, winding it down. I, I didn't have time to really explore all of these things. Um, and so to, to first look at the acceptable option. And, and I, again, I, I made a, a caveat here for, 
for those uh, families who have have kids that are in foster care and there's some some special situations, I know that there are other situations out there that might be limiting, um, at least at least at face value, um, and say, well, my only option is to pursue public school education. Now, as Christians, if that's the case, and and I would say. Um, in order to really come to the conclusion to say that, yes, this is what we have to do, I think you need to get with your elders, or get, get at least get with your MC leaders and have this discussion about uh, educating our children and, and see if like, okay, have we really truly explored all options? Have we, have we given each one a fair shake to see uh, what it is we need to do? Um, and so I want to encourage those conversations to happen um, before you sort of resign as like, this is just what we have to do. Now, like I was saying in the last episode, if this is what you have to do, then you don't just get to, as Christian parents, you don't just get to be um, sort of, of resign the edu- educational responsibilities over to government schools. It actually means that you need to take a more hands-on approach, that you need to be more proactive, you need to be more involved in what's going on in the curriculum. You need to understand the, the culture and some of the, the challenges of what your kids will be facing and what they're exposed to in these public schools um, and be able to get ahead of those things to train, to talk about them, to so that when your kid experiences them or sees them or hears them, they're not totally caught off guard. They're not swept away in these false ideologies and, and just even um, bad stories. And this, this is something that we're going to talk about um, later on in our homeschool podcast about the power of of great stories. Um, and and right now, I think the the stories that our our culture is telling that just that really sort of get. Um, I don't know. It, it's sort of like a, a petri dish of, of um, in, in the public schools where it's sort of building and it's growing, and then you just see that kind of take take a hold of the whole entire culture. And and I do want to see. Uh, there's some great books out there um, that that sort of examine um, the power of school. In fact, I've got one here on my desk uh, written by Gary Demar. It says uh, it's the title of it is "Whoever Controls the Schools Rules the World." And in his book, he kind of does this whole survey. Um, through different cultures, different times of how how um, public schools, government schools, have had a dramatic impact um, on the the shaping of the culture, and that's something that we don't often realize is that that the public school is an is an incubator for the culture, and so what we're getting in our culture is actually it's being built inside of these schools, and and one of the things that he says is that one of the most pow- most useful tools in the quest for power is the education system. And, and I think that that secularism, that liberalism has really leaned into that. And in fact, um, there's a great, uh, dang, it's it's uh, The Battle for the American Mind. There's a book out there called The Battle for the American Mind. Uh, this is also on my desk, by written by Pete. Uh, I can't say his name. Hold on. Let me grab it. Pete. Pete Hegseth. There it is. Uh, and then uh, the guy who is currently the president of uh, the ACCS, which his name escapes me right now at the moment. But um, anyway, these guys do a great job of sort of going through American history and talking about how the American school has shifted. Um, and also, uh, I, it, there's a documentary out there somewhere, I think maybe like on Fox Now or something like that, um, where you can take a look at this and they do really good historical work and working through some of these things and, and kind of pulling back the curtain on how we ended up with the educational system that we have with the public school system. So like I was saying, if, if public school system is what you have to do, 
um, the only option on the table, then what that means is there's a lot of proactive work that needs to take place. Uh, examining the curriculum, talk, um, you need to be you need to have a strong relationship with your school's, uh, your, your kids' teachers um, and expect that there's things that you need to communicate to them and expectations. And, and again, um, some of the things that, that um, when we look at education sort of more from a holistic perspective, not just the information transfer, um, but actually like the development of character, um, of virtue, um, the, the public school educational system doesn't have the capacity to do that from a Christian view. Um, it has to do, it has something to do with it. I think there's remnants of that left in the public school where, you know, be nice, which I think that can also be weaponized. But when we talk about kindness, um, free the spirit's kindness, like, so obviously there's some stuff that's still there. It's not completely like, it's not completely, um, deranged, I guess. It's not as, as bad as it could be. That's for sure. It certainly could get worse. Um, but there are things that are certainly going to be counterproductive um, and actually work against the work of discipleship that you're trying to do at home. And so as we look at public school, it's, it, there is a way that it could work. And I, and, and like I said uh, previously, I, I do know families who, who make it work, but it requires so much extra work. In fact, um, there's a couple that, that they have moved away from the Quad Cities now, but um, that they would wake up they, they, ha- they would do two hours of catechism, Bible, and prep work before school every morning. So they'd had an early morning and then spend an hour or so plus dinnertime conversation sort of unpacking uh, uh, what the what the kids had been learning in school that day and, and, um, and kind of the things that they've experienced and, and things they've been hearing from their friends and stuff like that. And so they, they were really proactive. And, and then on top of that, they're involved in the PTP. Uh, they're involved with, um, just had a, a close relationship, lots of emails exchanged. And so there, there was, and, and this was, you know, to be honest with you, it's an Iowa school, which I think makes a difference. Um, Illinois schools are are a lot further down the slide of liberalism than I think many of the Iowa public schools are, um, and and that's kind of subjective and it varies from school district to school district. Because if you go to you know if you go to, to a Des Moines school where there's a, a more condensed liberal base there, then you're probably going to have some more more liberal ideologies that line up with uh, the the general ideologies of Illinois. You know, and so it's it's sort of a city by city thing. Um, and so that's kind of, a, that, that is a bit of a sub- subjective thing for me to say, but overall, because we've had, uh, such a sequence of liberal governors, um, the teachers union in Illinois is, is something fierce. There's, um, I think there's a lot of, of things that are going on behind the scenes that are concerning for Christian parents and Christians in general. And so you, you just have to be aware of the players in the game and, and see that each player has sort of their own motive um, in some ways. And not all of them are are terrible. You know, I know that, you know, one of the things that teachers, you know, I, I say that and, um, you know, teachers, one of the things that teachers unions do is make sure that teachers have fair pay. But at the same time, there are, are things that can be... Um, overemphasized or things that get injected into various, uh, policy that, that has some, some cultural effect. Um, so, so, so looking at that first option, talking about public schools, um, I'm, I'm hoping that the more that we explore this and just even by, by looking at Deuteronomy six, Ephesians six, um, Proverbs one, nine, 
this is not an ideal situation. We, I think we can all agree. I hope we can all agree that this is not a public school education is not an ideal education for Christian parents wanting to raise their kids Christianly. Right. Um, and, and I, I realize, okay, so making a statement like that can invoke a lot of emotion. Um, it, it can feel accusatory because maybe you've got kids in the public school system. And again, I'm you feel like I'm coming at you in a condescending way. You feel like I'm coming at you to condemn again. No, I'm not doing that. I'm trying to help you think through an issue that maybe, uh, you have not thought of as, as far as in depth as, as maybe the Lord calls you to do. So I'm trying to help you pastorally along in that endeavor. Uh, and also in part of, of this, this conversation, I grew up in a small town where, um, the school was the sort of the lifeblood of the community. Friday nights, um, football stands would be packed. Uh, That's like the whole town would light up. Um, you get people coming to support, you know, in a small town like that, it's like um, a lot of people stick around. And so you are you go and, and support your alma mater. You go back. That's where your friends. It's sort of like a, a congregational point for um, for communities. And, and I do think that there's something great about that. I think there's something about bringing communities together. And, and I think that that if I were to kind of put a pros and cons list together of, of pros of, of a, uh, a city school that that certainly would be sort of the community engagement, the community ability to, to bring community together would be a strong thing for sure. Um, but what I want to throw out there is, is that's not the only avenue. And so when, when there's something critical being said of, of a public school, government school, a lot of times people see that connection between the school and the community and think that, well, if we, if everybody were to think like Christians or everybody think and, and start asking these questions, um, that Christians ought to be asking, then man, well, maybe we weren't, we're not going to have a public school left. Maybe, maybe that will dissolve. Now, um, given the trajectory of things, I don't know if that would be a terrible thing. Um, but I do think that education, regardless of what happens with public schools, education can't slip. Education can't go away. There has to be a way to educate um, our children, which is, is going to pull us into some conversations about alternative education. Now, the other option would be to see a really thorough reform go through our, our public schools. Um, and I don't know. I don't know if that's possible. Sometimes it feels like maybe it's a sinking ship. Um, and again, I'm, I'm speaking maybe here from my own opinion as, and I'm projecting um, a little bit to see where this will go. But um, it, you have to, I think, to objectively examine that some of these questions have to be raised. Um, and so without without getting overly um, sensitive and emotional about um, this and, 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 and knowing where my heart's coming from and, and examining, um, you know, like we're not trying to destroy a community. In fact, one of the things that we want to do is renew the city and actually give our city better things to rally around, to rally behind. And, and certainly like the youth is something that we can rally behind, um, and finding various ways to do that. So, um, I think maybe that would be, uh, something that we explore further down the road. If, if more people were to start kind of, um, thinking this way, examining um, public education in this way, um, then then we'd have to get creative. Like, what's the role of the new role of youth sports, and how do we bring things together, and music, and artistry, and things like that 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 maybe we can link arms. Um, more more of a citywide thing, um, and so I, I don't I don't 
I see that there's probably implications. You're, you're going, well, what about this? What about this? Um, and so I, I know that those things exist. And, and so, but I, I do also think that maybe we are a ways away from actually having to tackle those, those problems. I, I'm just trying to help us think through that. So then that brings us to the next question. If, if we come to the conclusion that public school as it is, is not at all ideal. Um, and then public school with a lot of supplementation is acceptable. It's something that can work. And you're, and you're talking, you're logging, you're logging a lot of extra hours in schoolwork and, and overseeing your kid's education. Um, that might leave you wondering, is it worth it? If I, if I have to send my kid off to school and they spend eight hours there, um, and they're getting exposed and indoctrinated in different things, and they're they're um, they're being instructed from a secular worldview, and and not just a secular worldview, but a worldview that's hostile towards the Christian worldview that you're hoping to implant in them. And then you've got to come home, or, or you say, you know, bef- I got to wake up early, I got to stay up late, I got all this extra stuff to do now because this is where I'm sending my kids. This is the decision. You you start to wonder, is it worth it? I mean, if if you're logging, even even if it's two hours every day, like that's ten hours of your week um, that gets gobbled up into sort of monitoring um, what's going on, and and I, I don't even know if that is is an adequate amount of time um, to thoroughly go through things and and make. Sure sure that your kids are, are receiving the truth. And again, not the empty ideologies that, that man seems to generate. And so that leaves a lot of parents wondering, okay, what are my alternatives here? If, if public education, um, isn't going to work, then what do I need to do differently? So, um, and that brings us to a couple different options. And I think there's some variety here in between um, all of these options. Um, and, and and first and foremost, I think the most important thing is get your child to a place where they can receive a Christian education, like an unashamedly, very forthright, very direct, very thorough uh, Christian education where the Bible is not just, not just a a 30-minute block of their schedule, but the scriptures are resound throughout the whole day, where prayer takes place, where where singing and chapels and, you know, and, and that could look like family devotionals too, but where those things, these, these disciplines, these rhythms, these liturgies that we have as Christians are observed in the educational realm. And so uh, the two big ways to go about doing this, and, and we can break these down even further, but but is to, to pursue Christian education, maybe like a, a private Christian school, um, or to pursue Christian education in the setting of home education or homeschooling. Um, and so we've got a, an episode coming up with Melissa Corns talking a lot about um, homeschooling and uh, specifically Christian homeschooling and and their, uh, their involvement with classical conversations. Um, and so I'll leave that for a later podcast and, and we can kind of explore some of those things and, and dive into that all, all kind of like we go out through the whole, whole range of what's going on in this. What's it look like? How do I do it? What's the next steps? Um, and so there's a lot of good stuff coming up for you with that. Um, but what I want to talk about is, is the, the two other options, or I guess there's the, the other option of, of a private Christian school, um, where, and I would even say that there's two subsets, there, there, there's two, um, I guess, is that right? Two subsets. Yeah, sort of two subsets of that. So um, you have your sort of more um, traditional 
and that that's a word I don't really love, but um, this this is traditional Christian education, and I think this is sort of the the kind of education that most people think about um, when you talk about Christian education, and then you have a classical Christian education. And I'm gonna be I'm gonna be straightforward with you right now. I I clearly have a bias here about which one is better than the other, and I, I think um, this is one of the things that I like to talk about. And and I, again, I'm not trying to. I'm, I'm not trying to throw dirt in the eyes here to anybody, but to, to talk openly about um, these matters is, is one of the things that I, I want to be candid about this. So um, w- what people tend to think of um, the, the what is considered the, the traditional Christian, um, and, and this is not really traditional in the sense that it has a long, long history. The classical education, classical Christian education has a long, long history. But this traditional Christian education, um, basically, um, in a lot of, this isn't always the case, but in a lot of Christian private schools, um, you have basically a a school that uh, wants to be Christian, so they're going to have chapel. Um, they have a Bible class, and there's probably some kind of prayer that goes on in in that. But for the most part, and and then maybe their science textbooks have been edited to remove, or at least to to talk about evolution as what it really is, is a, a bogus theory, um, and and kind of go through that. And so, but a lot of the the same things of of the the modern public education still say, stay the same. There, there's censoring happening. There, there's editing going on as far as what's going on in the curriculum. Like in a, in a, a traditional Christian school, you're not going to have a debate in, in the library class about if there should be books for um, promoting gender theory and queer theory. Like you're not going to have that. They're going to be operating from Christian values. Um, and so you are going to have a uh, a setting that is for sure more um, complementary to what you're trying to do at home. That's it's far more friendly uh, to what your pastor's preaching about on Sunday mornings. It's it's not going to be antagonistic to those things. And, and I think, listen, if that's the only option that's out there for you, and and homeschooling's off the table, which I think, you know, for some families it is, but uh, other families maybe it's again one of those questions of do we need to explore this deeper? Um, but if you have the opportunity to send your kids to a a Christian school um, that's more of the, of the traditional um, variety, d- that is a far superior option than a, a public school education. Now I say that knowing that publics, uh, excuse me. Um, the Christian schools are not perfect, and and I think that's always one of the, the objections that people who get a little bit fidgety around the subject, they just want to throw that and say, well, Christian schools aren't perfect. And it's like, no, you're right, because the Christian school is filled with a bunch of sinners. Um, all those kids are little sinners. And they are going to bring their sin to school. However, in a Christian education setting, a Christian school setting, there's actually a framework, there's actually a standard in which we call our students to conform to, rather than, in, and that is to, to conform to the Word of God, whereas the public school education doesn't have, they've got a, a faulty standard. And so you're going to get all kinds of weird stuff, and you're going to have to tolerate a bunch of stuff that, um, that God doesn't tolerate that God finds an abomination or that God says is not right or good or beautiful. And, and so you're, you're going to have a harder time in the public school system dealing with discipline. In fact, that's one of the things that I think is 
is very evident right now. The, the challenges of educators having to function more as like um, behavior marshals in the classroom, and, and not just with children, but dealing with parents who are rowdy and obnoxious and have no code of conduct. There, there are some real challenges when it comes to the behavior thing, which is why Christian education often leans into the virtue, the character, because those things are important for doing and building a society. Um, you need you need to have virtuous people uh, to have a good and profitable society. And when you have no standard to to discipline by, a standard to hold people to, you're you're going to get a lot of wishy washy stuff. So. Talking about discipline, I think in the traditional Christian standard uh, education, you're you're going to have you're going to have a better sense of right and wrong. You're going to have a better sense of what is good, what is honorable, what is virtuous in these Christian schools. Now, uh, getting to some of the things. So, like I was saying, if that's the option, go for it, run with it. It it it's a good option. Um, now, I do want to say because of the way that a lot of these traditional uh, private schools, Christian schools are set up, is that they they don't go far enough in sort of rerouting from uh, the, the the things that um, modern public school is done. So, and, and I think that this is where classical education varies from both of those, um, both the public school and the pri- traditional private school. Uh, Christian school, um, and it goes a little bit further in examining what is education for. Um, now, I think that that private Christian school, and this is again, this I'm speaking generally. There are going to be other schools, and I'm not going to call out any of the schools in our area. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to start a beef like that because I'm grateful for every Christian school that's in our cities. I'm grateful for them, and I pray that God would add a dozen more here within the next five years. You know, um, make. Cry, uh, a Christian education more accessible, and and I'm I've been very grateful to see that there's a right now there's a lot of movement in this field. So anyway, I'm getting distracted here, getting distracted here, folks. What I was saying is the thing where a lot of times where um, the the modern public school and the traditional Christian school um, have an agreement on is what is what is education for. And it, what tends to happen is um, education is viewed as vocational training. It's viewed as, hey, we're going to give you these skills. We're going to give you this information so that you can go get a job, you can make a living, and then you can have, you know, you, you can have what you need to provide for family and, and, and things like that. So it views it primarily uh, in sort of like functionality. Um, we want you to do this so you can do that later on. We want to give you this so that this will be in your tool bag later on. Now, there, there's, there is some of that in a more classical setting of education um, where skills are developed. You, you need that. Um, but really, the, the telos, the aim of classical education, classical Christian education, um, doesn't aim necessarily at developing kids for the workforce as much as it does uh, aim at shaping a- a- the heart. Um, that in the classical Christian perspective, education is about shaping loves, what you love. And it's teaching you how to appreciate what is good and beautiful and true, and then make contributions to society that are are in the vein of goodness, um, truth, and beauty. And so th- this has, because it goes down to the heart rather than a functionality thing, it has, it has a deeper aim that actually has a more profound effect. And and I think that if, if you were to actually... Um, 
do some research. There's some some great books out there um, on uh, on the differences of classical Christian education and uh, traditional education. Um, uh, all of them. Uh, Dorothy Sayers wrote a, uh, a a sort of an essay called um, "Reclaiming the Lost Tools of Learning" that uh, really inspired uh, the classical Christian education movement. Um, Pastor Doug Wilson wrote a book called um, "Reclaiming" or oh, what is it called? "Reclaiming the Lost Tools of Learning." Um, that goes in that he's a co- has a couple books uh, on classical Christian education. There's a book called Wisdom and Eloquence. Um, there is, I'm trying to think of what other books. But anyway, I'll give you recommendations if you want to read more about this. Um, but but there's a lot going on in this realm. And so um, to help, help uh, and I guess I could say it like this, not all Christian schools are, are, are the same. They're not all created equal. And I think if we go back to that chart that I referenced in the last episode about the, from the, the Nehemiah Institute that evaluated the, um, students who had gone through various education models, uh, Christian students who had grown up in the church, uh, who had gone through different models of education and sort of the output, the end product, the end result of those things. Um, what you see is that, that there's a, a big difference between Christian worldview schools, which would be, um, classical Christian schools would fall under that umbrella and more of the modern or traditional Christian schools, um, that we have today. There, there's a big difference here because of, of the thoroughness that classical Christian education has with, with having a biblical worldview and a framework that all subjects are connected to Christ, that he is Lord of all. Therefore, all things need to be understood and interpreted through Christ, um, who is the first fruits of the new creation. Um, and then just the the idea of of a, having an appreciation for our our history in Western civilization, and I think that um, that that's one thing that in our society is eroding. That um, I think it's a common sentiment in many people today that there's disdain for the achievements of Western civilization and and sort of a rejection of it and a hostility towards it. That is, I think, very much counterproductive because basically um, you're your people are being told to hate their heritage. And, and while we can look back at our heritage and look back at, at what we've inherited from our forefathers and say, okay, were they perfect? No, neither are we. We're going to make mis- mistakes. We're going we're gonna to think things are right that are actually wrong. And it's going to take some sort of reformation, some sort of revival, some sort of a, a, um, uh, revisiting of the Word of God to bring sort a sort of course correction to these things, um, and so we can say, all right, in Western civilization were we perfect? No, but Western civilization has produced um, some of the best culture, some of the most equitable systems, some of the the most um, the well the fact that our our nation stands that that we have a democratic republic. Um, the, these things are, are massive achievements that are, are no small thing. And, and, in a lot of public schools specifically, you're between intersectionality and, and just a, um, a disdain for our American history and a, a revisionist history at that. Um, there are, are a lot of young people who dislike America, who dislike Western civilization and, uh, classical education teaches us how to appreciate our Western civilization teaches us to understand how far we've come and what God is continuing to do through um, these generations. And so um, I, I guess I'm, I'm getting into various rabbit holes here, and you can see why this this subject 
uh, is widespread. Like there's just a lot of ways that we can go talking about this. But um, if we were to go back to examining the options, okay, um, we, we've already made some conclusions about public school. Um, we said, okay, homeschooling, Christian homeschooling, definitely an option. Um, and then looking at Christian private school, there's another option. And within that, there's a subset of, of, um, more of the modern, uh, education system from a Christian perspective or going back to a classical Christian education, um, and seeing some of the pros and cons. And, and maybe I'll do a, I might do a contrast video here. I'm already pushing up on 30 minutes. Um, but some of a contrast video where I can sort of dive into a, a little bit of the differences between um, classical education, classical Christian education, and more of the modern or traditional Christian education. Um, and all of these are, I mean, the, these the, between homeschooling and, and Christian schools, these are great alternatives. And I realized that in order to pursue some of these alternatives, it requires... One, to to consider the options, to, to, to be willing to examine um, the Word of God and what it says to parents, um, to examine the current situation and what options are available. Um, it, it takes... Uh, it requires us to count the cost. Okay, so um, what's it going to cost me to put my kids in a private Christian school? What's it going to cost me um, to stay at home? And and even with homeschooling, let me just say this: there, there's a couple different methods of homeschooling. There, there's some sort of a hybrid model where, uh, or a university model where um, homeschooling happens like three days a week, and then two days a week you go into sort of a co-op or, or a school setting. That's an option, and then you just have like the full-on homeschool. It's all based in the home and. and and maybe you add like a co-op or, or something like classical conversations um, that offers some sort of, of structure, stability, and, um, you know, something that helps give support to uh, what you're trying to do at home. So there are a lot of options out there. And I know that in our church, we have, have a lot of families that are thinking about this, that are have weighed the options, that are thinking through um, what are our goals for our children? What do we want of our children? Looking forward, if I put them on this path, what's the most likely outcome? And and asking uh, for God to give clarity, to give um, to give us the the faithfulness to walk according to His words and not do the easy thing. Um, that God will provide the resources, whether it be the ability to stay home, the flexibility to stay home and educate kids, um, or to have the resources to send our kids off and and the ability to make sacrifices uh, to to send them to a a private Christian school um, where they are going to get the ability like the the where it's acknowledged that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, that um, Deuteronomy 6, this 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 need, um, this command we have to pass on information from generation to generation for um, Ephesians 6, for, for fathers um, to, to not... Um, not turn their children over to wrath, uh, but to bring them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. And, and, and what, what, and you might say, well, you know, that, that command is given to fathers. So therefore, um, they're the ones that ought to be, um, doing the educational stuff. And I think the fathers need to be involved in their, the education of their, of their children, but they're, Right there, what God's pointing to is that fathers are responsible. They're not necessarily the ones that have to do it. If they're going to work, and they're you know they're they're the bread earners of the family, they need to go work and provide for the family in that way. And that provides the opportunity for maybe mom to stay at home. She can 
she can carry out some of the teaching duties and father is going to be involved as well. Or, um, uh, we can, we can approach it from, uh, like Christian school talks about in loco parentis, which is a Latin word of in place of parent of parents, where the teacher, um, based on the authority that God has given to the father, um, and then is shared among, uh, father and mother, they grant teachers, the school, the authority, um, and, and the overview to, to train their children that way. And so there's, there's a chain of delegation, but ultimately it's a father who remains responsible in bringing their child up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Um, and so anyway, those are, are some of the options that we look at. And I know that we have, we have several great schools in the Quad Cities. We have, we have schools that are doing good things that they're looking to ex- expand. They see the need. I think well, one of the things that COVID did was expose some of the, um, I'd call it insanity of the public schools um, and parents seeing firsthand what's going on and, and from a Christian perspective, being concerned and, and being able to say, count the cost and say, okay, um, is it worth it? Is, is this, is this something that we want the path we want to put our, our kids on, um, and, and start asking these questions about what are the options out there? And so hopefully just laying those out has helped you. And like I said, Melissa Corns will be on here, uh, in one of the following episodes to talk about homeschooling and uh, exploring some of those options. As always, um, again, I've told you this, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this to help you navigate. I care about your family. I care about your your children and their futures. I, I want to see them walk with the Lord all of the days of their life. And what we do as parents, the, the choices that we make as as those who are responsible for the education of our children has a correlation to what the future holds. Um, now it doesn't mean that, you know, automatically you put your kids into Christian school and automatically they're going to do that. No, there, there's still discipline that happens at home. There's still training that happens at home. There's a lot of prayer. There's a lot of seeking of the Lord. There's, there's watching friendships and watching things like what are our kids being exposed to on social media and, and through television and entertainment, what are those things? And, and there's a duty still that remains for parents, but one of the biggest places where um, this this um, stuff happens that is contrary to our our disciple making um, uh, desires is in in the the public schools, and so we want to be able to look at that um, again. and And if you have any questions about this, if a few thoughts, if any uh, anything that you want to contribute to the conversation, um, I'd be happy to sit down and, and talk with you um, and hear what's going on because I, I don't just want to throw things out there and say, now now it's up to you to go figure it out. Again, we want to help you. We want to shepherd you through this. All of the elders um, and our families, we have we have counted the costs. We've looked at this. We've made educational decisions, um, looked at God's commands and have landed in, in, in these places where, where we care deeply about education, Christian education, um, and want to help you move in that direction. And, and as, as the Lord provides for us and and through whether it be through resources like financially or whether it be through um, just having a network of people to help you in the endeavor of making switches in your life or, or coming to a, a greater understanding of of education what it's for and how how we go about it the methods um, we want to talk through those so hit me up Sam at sacredcitychurch.com. We'd love to talk with you. Um, I can't wait to see you guys on Sunday and worship the Lord together. Uh, I love you. Take care. I'm praying for you. God bless.